What's going on, guys? Josh here from Tales from the Lockbox, a property.ca podcast. I'm your host, Josh Benolio, VP of Sales at property.ca. And today we are host, we are joined with the one and the only Brendan Cowens. Good morning, Brendan. How you doing? I'm well, man. I'm well. Doing good? Good morning to you. Yeah. You're finally here? Right. <laughs> You're on the other side. Episodes and episodes and weeks after weeks and meetings, and we finally got you out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. You know, I know all of us that uh, are agents in the office, we know you some better than others, some yeah. some more in-depth than others. We also have, uh, you know, people who listen to this that aren't necessarily agents with us. Why don't you give us a little bit of a background about who you are and, and how you ended up sitting in this chair today? <laughs> uh, well... In 10 words or less. No, joke. 10 words, right. Uh, originally from Jamaica, came here in my teens. Went to university, went through the whole shebang. I don't know if we'll get into that. I uh, got into real estate seven years ago. Brokerage, I know the brokerage I've been a part of, happily, is property.ca. So I'm a child of the product. Um, I've had various things throughout the way. I've progressed very quickly. Uh, from the beginning, you know, I've shared uh, responsibility in management as well. And yeah, it's been a fun time. So here I am. That's amazing. And, and you know, there, I think there's something that I know about you that I'd actually like to like hear you talk about a little bit is um, when you made your transition from uh, being in in the business you were in before mm-hmm. to transitioning into real estate can you tell everybody how you kind of came up with the decision of actually become get, going into real estate because you've told me this story before and I enjoyed it I think other people would enjoy it as well right so you know what I was doing before, but uh, for those who don't know I was in IT consulting prior to this so I went to school and I did you know, specialized information technology. I got into the field of doing uh, consulting for law firms specifically. And I was certified in many different types of software to help people manage their practice better. And, you know, I, I did very, very well there from a young age. Um, had lots of mobility to do a lot of things, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, towards the end of that particular venture, you know, it just it just didn't feel as good as it, it I wanted it to feel. And when I wanted to make a change, one of the things I think I spoke to you about was I, I literally just reached out to all of my network that of people that I respected and were in different types of industries. So people that were running nuclear plants, people heads of banks, people in restaurant industry, people in real estate, people all over the place, right? And I sat down with really good friends and just took them out for a drink. Sometimes it was coffee, sometimes it's beers and foods. And I just literally asked the question, what's your life like? And yeah, my agent at the time was Andrew Harold, who played football together. Some of you actually know him. And I've known him for north of 15 years, probably closer to 18. And uh, yeah, he helped me buy my first place. So when I sat down with him and he told me what his life was like, I'm like, yeah, hey, I kind of like that. Amazing. And I jumped in. Yeah. And I think that like speaks to like the concept of like surrounding yourself with people you want to be like or almost like manifesting where you're going to want to be. Right. Like, you know, that concept of if you already create the environment of where you want to be in three years from now and start living in that that future uh, self now. Uh, you're going to get there, right? Like yes. if you start acting like that person. So it makes a lot of sense when you're looking at a massive career shift of saying, hey, I'm going to identify what somebody's life looks like to me that is where I want to be and how I want my life to look like mm-hmm. and actually creating yourself 
the opportunity to jump into that based on you know having that experience yeah yeah no i agree amazing well th that's a fun one and i think another thing that you mentioned there which you know i i, I we we not only work together, but we're friends and, and I actually look up to you in many ways and there's different things that, that you've, I learned from you and, and maybe vice versa. But one of the ones is you're very good at asking questions. Uh, we've talked about it many times and you ask very specific questions. Right. You know, how, 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 do you, how do you put that self in a process? I think a lot of people like to talk a lot right. um, and don't listen. And then when they do ask a question, you know, they maybe ask too many. But I find that you always ask that, that, that right question and they're... They challenge people in some ways, so or not challenge, but they put them in a position where they actually have to think about it. I've heard many people say to Brendan's answers, "Well, oh, that's a really good question you've asked there." <laughs> so how does that come about? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, <laughs> I learned uh, from the best. <laughs> yeah, that's tongue and cheek. However, I, I'd give credit to some of the authors out there. I've read some good books and even just influence around me. I've had good tutelage from close family members. So a book that I would definitely recommend reading is uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's one of my favorite books for sure. Um, I learned a lot there. Uh, in regards to communication, I, I come from a family where we're not big people. I mean, I'm the literally the biggest in my family. And I'm like 30 pounds heavier than my father, for example. So, you know, physical presence wasn't our, our big thing. But um, energetically, they can move massive groups of people just based on communication. Mm -hmm. And I learned that from a young age that um, you know being able to communicate effectively can carry a long way. And that is why I just you know zoned in to 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 try and be pretty good at that. Um, it can diffuse a lot of situations, right? And then also cause a lot of people to be interested in you and, and vice versa. So that's, you know, my father was a good example and reading, reading from different mentors. Yeah. I like that. Inspiring, moving, yeah, using yeah. energy to... Definitely, definitely. Um, and and I do a lot of personal growth, you know, like, yeah, you have tra tragedies early in life or any point in life, it will get you to start thinking differently, have different perspectives. So. I went on that whole journey of being a better person, at least self-growth, in my early 20s. You know, like, best friend dies in a car accident, and you start to question, what are we here for? Mm -hmm. Like, one, one second you're with him, and then, like, the day after he's not there, just dies in a tra tragic car accident. That kind of stuff will force you. you. Yeah, it would absolutely change you. Yeah, like people change. I don't remember that exact statement, but I've heard it so many times. It's like, people change under like three conditions, like mm -hmm. you have to, you really want to, right. um, or you're for, or like uh, you think you need to, or you get that, I don't remember, but I know that one of the biggest ones is like, you know, obviously you're forced to, and I think uh, even me personally, being forced to change uh, or a traumatic or a, just a very big experience um, puts you in a position where you take massive changes, right? Yes. And it's like, it's like a, it's like a, uh, it's like an Advil of humbleness, yeah. right? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a the magic pill of humbleness. is It's an unfortunate, but something traumatic happens to you and you'll see how quickly things around you, your perspective will change, right? 100%. In a second. 
Um, what are some other things that you would attribute to like, you know, you, you, you're a very successful guy, like you said, you're one of the top producers, many years of this company, uh, huge sales volume, you've been involved in the corporate level of things, still are, and involved in the senior leadership of this company now, uh, you also have your own businesses and, you know, you're outside of real estate and the, in the food business, you know, what are some of these things that, you know, are the recipes that add to that success, maybe even on a daily basis? Let's not go big level of like, you know, life-changing experience. What are some of the successful recipe pieces that you bake into your, you know, your cake on a daily basis? Also a good question. Uh, in regards to just my daily practices, you know, one of the things I used to, especially when I just started real estate, uh, could pat myself on the back on was discipline uh, around doing the right activities for long periods of time. So right now, you know, my current self looking back on my previous self would be somewhat ashamed because what I did to get here was not exactly, um, yeah, well, what I did to get here is not what I'm currently practicing. But on the, on the flip side, I've evolved into a different type of person. So I don't have to be doing certain things that I was doing to, on the up and up to, to where I am now. So, for example, as a real estate agent, you know, when I just came in, I, ha I had nobody to call, right? And I also had an identity crisis where everybody knew me as this IT guy. And who am I in whatever young age I was at the time to, to say that I can go and help somebody even buy a $500,000 condom. My brain wasn't even at the point of selling houses for two, three, five million like that. That wasn't even a concept that was possible at the time. And, you know, it took some time for me to feel good amongst myself that, hey, I'm good enough to now go to my existing friends, who, by the way, didn't have a lot of money anyway. So uh, because of that, the company, thankfully, had opportunities which I grasped and the leads and the clients that I was able to generate from this brokerage, I did not play around at all, man. Um, I was doing five hours of prospecting every single day, five to six days a week, without question. Like, you couldn't stop me. Yeah. I was practicing, doing role plays by myself in the mirror. I was, like, recording calls, hearing the rejections, and, like, digesting the rejection. I was like, okay how am I going to do this better the next time? Mm -hmm. And I see it working. And, you know, thankfully I had some IT background. So I was doing automations, all the stuff that we're doing now, I was doing back then. And I was doubling down. And I, and I, be, I became, in, in, in comparison to the rest of the brokerage, quite successful very, very quickly, right? Mm -hmm. So within literally 12 months to 18 months, I was making hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, which is it's incredible, way more than I anticipated. So... Discipline there, but now, for me, uh, the, the basis for doing those things, I, I do have a fear. I do. And my fear is not being able to capitalize on the opportunities that are in front of me. Uh, when I was younger, I got a second chance at life, and I feel like every second that I spend it's necessary to be the best for myself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I don't go out there and progress, then, you know, I, I didn't deserve that second chance. My mother didn't deserve to, you know, I, I shame in my family, mm -hmm. essentially. And that's the fear 
of it's a lot of pressure yeah yeah and that's self-inflicted every day. day that's self-inflicted so high achievers do we self-inflict ourselves yeah with, with you know pressure um and because of that it doesn't matter i work all the time good work healthy work for me anyway mm -hmm. um and it gives me purpose you know one of my books that i do like it's victor frankl's book a man's search for meaning you know um austrian guy locked up in the Nazi concentration camps and he's able to articulate how he's able to have hope and also different perspective. Dare I even say certain moments of joy being locked up in a Nazi concentration camp. Those kind of perspectives, life is just a beautiful thing, man, no matter which situation you're in. Yeah, so why not just grasp it, you know? It's funny that you say that. I was actually, I, I saw a clip the other day of Andrew Tate. Yeah. You know Andrew Tate? I do. Um, and he got arrested mm -hmm. uh, and he was put in a Romanian jail. Yes. And he said, you know, I'm sitting in this Romanian, I was sitting in this Romanian jail. How did I get through it? How did I get the power? And he goes, you know, watching three suicides in my first week, getting food thrown at us by the guards, you know, peeing in a hole, whatever it was, sleeping on the floor, all these different things. You know, the one thing that actually brought him back to his center every day was that he continuously thought about where's a worse place I could be than here. And you're actually, you're actually in one of the worst places you could possibly be. And the truth of the matter is there are worse places. Absolutely. There's definitely worse places. And I think recognizing that, and again, it comes back to humbling yourself and how you do that, but, you know, creating that environment of there's, there's worse, you know, and I, I think as a high achiever too, it's like we put these pressures that are created and they only exist within us. Yes. No one else is walking by you and being like, oh, that guy didn't do his best today. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you only sent four emails and you should have sent 16, you know, like no one's, no one's checking in on that. We create that. And, and that pressure, I find it to be like a balancing point that needs to be managed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, on one side of it, it's very important. It's what helps us push forward, which drives that next level. But it's also knowing when to take that off a little bit. Right. And not to create that, like, stress on yourself and actually be happy in that moment that you're actually you know you're there yes right you've, yeah. you've created that moment for yourself i've had that many times in the past couple of years you know i'm like oh, i didn't do enough i didn't do enough and then i actually have to step back and be like well actually if you look at everything from the outside it's actually incredible what i've actually been you know and and, and playing that balance part there and I'm, I'm assuming you feel very similar in the same way yeah yeah um i do so and and that's something uh practice on being proud of what I've accomplished because when you're in the mode that I'm in you can you can fall into the loop of not being enough I do I would definitely not suffer but I do cross over into those insecurities of hey I'm this age I could have done more I should have done more those kind of things I do cross and yeah I make mistakes I do so if you would, you know, in a quick fire kind of answer here, um, if you could name like three things really quickly that are like the most important things that you kind of think about or, or you know, almost are like your core values in a way, some way, or maybe not your core values, that's a deep question, but like what are the three most important things that, you know, you kind of resonate with on a daily basis that allow you to be as successful as you are? I check my mind mindset for sure I mean, it's all quirky and repetitive but uh good book to read <laughs> the name of the book is mindset by 
Carol Dweck, I believe is her name, D-W-E-C-K. And, you know, I've read a lot on those things. And, yeah, man, listen, I, I, I wake up with, as I said, sometimes with just certain types of fears and um, just like I, I do beat up myself on certain occasions and being able to just take it in and reset, turn off the noises in my head, that's a strength that I've learned yeah. over time. It's a, it's a muscle. Yeah, I have, I have that muscle. Yeah. Like I can work on the heavy levels of stress. You saw when I broke my back in yeah. whichever year that was. And I was literally Awful. on my back. I couldn't I remember. It, bro, it was, it was, it was sideways on my back. Like I've been there, there a couple weeks ago. It's the worst. For months and like it's, it's, it's crazy. But I somehow managed to finish in the top 10 that year. You still did it. On, on my back. Yep. Right. So those kind of things is all in my mind. So I'm pretty strong with that. Uh, as I said, I had a second chance at life. So while I'm not perfect at this, I, I do know that taking care of your body is a must. It's essential. You have to take care of this temple. It's only one of it that you do have. Right. So paying attention to what you do to your body or with your body you need the energy to go through the day. Mm -hmm. So if your body starts to break down, as much as you do with your mind, it, it becomes even more difficult, right? Like if you're sick and you're hurting, your mind has to be 10 times, 100 times as strong. So why not just take care of your body and also use this right mentality and you, you'll go further. So uh, health is pretty important, for yeah, sure. Definitely. So I guess that's two. Yeah. And then... Yeah. And then, and then for me, three, like, I love having good relationships, good people around me, you know. It, it, it makes me really happy to have the right people, and I've been blessed with that. I really have been. Canada has been great to me. I met some phenomenal people. Um, I just absolutely love my circles, man. It's just so good. It's amazing. Yeah. Surround yourself with the right people, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, people yeah, that make you happy. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So let's shift gears a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, some of the things that we could talk about right now, rather than, you know, mindset, all that kind of stuff, I think we covered that really well. I want to talk a little bit about in the mind, like, you know, let's get into real estate yep. specific okay. right now. Let's, yep. let's dive in there a little bit. Let's, 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 let's turn that corner. You know, the market in Toronto right now is a, currently a seller's market. Um, you know, condo listings are sitting, buyers are scared, but other buyers are you know, like we talked about recently, other buyers are uh, having the the field day right now. They got the pick of the litter and they're yeah. they're picking off deals left, right, and center. You know, talk to us a little bit about what your feeling is of the market and, and where we're at right now and, you know, how an agent, let's, let's actually dumb down our thought process a little bit, not to be like on the high level of like dealing with multi-million dollar properties and knowing the average agent who would be listening to this or who's watching it, you know, in that range of doing four to eight deals a year maybe all around the seven to nine hundred k range you know and they're dealing with people who are first-time buyers who are giving them pushback right now buying how can an agent right now navigate that right what can an agent do today that they're you're, they're getting pushback from their clients saying oh, i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait till rates come down how can you know agent work in an environment where they can actually still do business or what can they do or some actions that they can do to get through that? Great. So you asked multiple questions there. Um, the, the environment question, I'll answer that, put themselves in the right environment. And then also like techniques and 
or attributes that they should take on in order to, to, to navigate this, this place. So what I have found, I, I come from, and you're asking me personally, so what I would do. So I, I do try and come, try, most of the times I do, not perfect, but most of the time I do come from the abundance mindset. So I know no matter what's happening, if I just look at the facts, right? So when people say things like, hey, nothing is moving, nothing is selling, this, that, and whatever, the world is ending. Mm -hmm. If I go on the MLS and I look at what sold this week, there are tens and tens, if not hundreds of sales. Yes. So I'm saying to myself, well, if the world out there is ending, these people are in a bubble yeah. of making things happen. Yeah. I want to be part of that bubble. And there's nothing stopping me from being in that bubble other than myself. Hmm. So now I just remove myself from the world is ending into they are, there's legit evidence in front of my face that things are working. Why can't I be one of them? If there's only one sale to happen this week, why can't it be Brendan Cowens' name assigned to it? That is where I come from at first, before I take any action. So get rid of all the nonsense, people selling stuff, so cut the bullshit, like... Things are selling. Yes. Shut up. Deals Things are happening. Are, these are happening. Yeah. Facts. And yes, some are selling at three million and some are selling at four hundred thousand. There's just way too much excuses. Yeah. So once you get rid of that and you say, okay, well, people here are doing something. Now I break down into the house. So as an agent, the last three years, you know, kinda lots of things kinda dropped in our lap, bro. Yeah. No is the low time. fruit. Oh, it's very low. Like yeah. Like low, it was right? just, just so easy, up off especially with leads. Like, bro, you can just walk in and close your eyes, and you, you just drop into yeah. a lead like, and, and drop into a deal. They ain't and like you, that anymore. They make like twenty grand, and or you make fifty, and you, you do literally nothing, and you, you go off, right? Now we actually have to work, and now is the time where the weak are not going to survive. You have to improve your skill set. You have to increase, you know, well, in, in, in terms of your mentality, mental fortitude. Your skill set is very important here. Learn how to communicate with clients, all these various things. Double down on what matters. So I understand that prospecting is, is the thing we have to do, right? It's the number one step in real if estate. If the brokerage is already having the funnel of the leads coming through, at least for me, one channel is, hey, property.ca is providing clients for me. You can decide to take on maybe other three pillars or other three channels. But if you're an agent who has nothing, at least try and be very good at funneling and converting one of the channels, which is what the brokerage is giving to you. So if the leads are coming in, learn to be really, really good over the phone and even better at following up because you cannot fail over time. You do it repetitively over time, that will work. You start to make some money stuff, you're good about yourself, your confidence builds up, and then now you say, okay, let's open up another channel. So, okay, now that I have this funnel coming through and I'm pretty good at this, well, all right, now let me touch into the online social media game. So now you get really good at YouTube or social media or LinkedIn. So the con property.say funnel is coming. Now you have the social media coming through. It's like, okay, now I'm converting these two bad boys. Now you're making more money, more confidence. You're being, now you can spend more on different things. Then now you switch over into, okay, maybe let's double down on other. And this is not the maybe the exact formula, but just the concepts I want people to understand. No, okay, what about my 
repeat and referral and remarketing. So now you have these two funnels coming, maybe not in that order, but these two funnels coming. Now you can add the third one of the remarketing. So you have the property.ca, you have the remarketing, you have the social media, and then now you have maybe third party relationships. Or farming or whatever. Farming. You get what I'm yeah, saying? Of course. Master like one five, domain. 10 to 10, 15 different ways to generate business. I'm only talking about three to four. And I believe not just me, but experts also talk about, listen, if you can get four channels coming in and you can convert all of those at a high level, who is going to stop you? You can make a lot of money with just one channel. But you come really good at that as a new agent. Once you become really good at that, then you start building out the others. What people do you know is getting too scattered. They're not good at any of them. So they come, the, the leads come through the site, they're not good on the phones, they can't convert, they don't know to talk on a text, nothing. So they're not converting here. Oh, this is not working, let me switch to social media. And then you switch to social media, they're not doing that properly. So it's kind of half-ass, one or two trickles coming in. And when they do come trickle in, they don't know to convert. So that's not working. So they jump to the next thing and the next thing. And then in six to eight months, they're saying, Josh, real estate is not for me. Yeah. And it happens quick. Real quick. And I think you got to break it down to like the, like the basics, right? Like that, that statement can become overwhelming very quickly, right? But breaking it down to like its basic form and just getting good at one thing at a yes. time and then stacking it up is the key there, you right? Like, Especially at the beginning. At the beginning, you just literally have to zone in. No, I can't speak for the other agents at other brokerages because we are blessed to have the funnels that we have. I do get it that if I was a part of another brokerage, I probably would have started off by trying to grow two or three funnels at the same time and then trying to convert those. I'm not saying that that can't work. I'm giving you personal experience. And if I can double down on a funnel that is constantly being provided to me, why am I focused on going multiple other places at the beginning? Later on, you absolutely should. But at the beginning, you're talking four to eight deals. I can do 20 deals with one funnel. Well, you do. <laughs> I, you, you, you make hundreds of thousands of dollars and you don't have any posts I'm, on social media. I don't have an Instagram account. Exactly. Not that I'm proud of it, but I, I, okay. I, get, I, get, I get the point. It's I, working. It is what it is. You mastered one domain. And then when I eventually get to social media, look out world, right? But I do know that it, for me, I know where I'm focusing right now. And that social media box i haven't opened mm -hmm. i haven't uh, you do a very good job at this yeah. and when maybe when i eventually switch over which is a matter of time i will come and talk to you and figure it out and be better I, than me probably it's okay time will tell but right now i don't have it yeah and you know and i put a lot of eggs out in the i think it it, it, it actually relates back to what you said there it's like it's abundance you know it's a volume game the more seeds you plant, the more fruit you're going to get eventually, right? And that's how I look at all of it with social media. It's like, you got to try all these things. You got to put all the pieces out there, right? right, right, right. Um, but I think I want to just revert back to something you said very important there. You know, as an agent out there right now, it's not what it was. The marketplace is not what it was two years ago. It's tough out there. That means you have to be tougher. But I think the big thing is you need to figure out, you know, how can you start to level up from being, and I use this phrase a lot, being just another one of the 60,000 realtors out there 
and start or, or a real estate agent out there and start to be a real realtor like how can you become a realtor and i use that statement in my head as like it's like a different factor but i think it is i think it's important to look at it like how can you start to add value to people's lives i think that's like the number one most important thing right now when you're dealing with buyers sellers anything out there where you need to sell something to somebody you need to identify how you can add value to the receiver's life whether that's on social media, whether that's a real estate lead you're picking up the phone with, or whether that's just a, you know, a person you bump into on the street, can you add value to that person's life? Because once you start adding value, you now become valuable to the person. Right. And that's where people start to get paid big money, I find. like That's how you can start making bigger commissions. That's one of my big things for people. It's like, you know, why is somebody going to pick Dylan Smith an agent just because he's an agent mm -hmm. over somebody like yourself who's a seasoned highly focused laser focused individual agent well you offer a lot more right but he can probably do a lot but does he know how to and where does he start to do that and i think when you start to get into bigger deals you know one of our agents is like oh i got this person and uh he's looking for a two million dollar uh condo a very specific one in yorkville but you know i got him set up on uh, prospect searches and we're just waiting for the right one to come out i go you better pray to god that that guy doesn't come in my <laughs> i don't get a smell of who that guy is because i'll tell you right now i'm closing that deal way before he's like what do you mean i'm like well you're playing the you're, you're you know you're playing defense in that situation mm -hmm. you're waiting for somebody to a listing to come out and you respond to the guy and you say hey the listing we've been waiting for for three months comes out and let me take you to go and see it but what's the what, what, you don't know that guy that that lead He's not your uncle's friend or anyone like, and even if it was, it doesn't matter. He's probably got four or five other agents who are sending him that same listing on the same day. Right. At least one more, for sure, probably, for the most part. At least one. Somebody's looking for a $2 million condo in Yorkville. Versus, why don't you start playing the offense? Why don't you start adding value? How can, let's just start with Broker Pocket. Go on Broker Pocket where there's exclusive listings. Is there something that this guy might want to buy from there? Can you go back to the past two years and look at what expired listings were out there that didn't sell and call that agent and say, hey, is your guy still willing, is your person still willing to sell? Why don't you start putting some opportunities in front of that person today that's just, you think they're waiting on the sidelines for this miracle to happen, add some value to their life, put an opportunity in front of them that they didn't have before you came into their circle. And that's how you'll close that deal. Because a commission on a two and a half, a $2 million condo in Yorkville, that's a $50,000 check. And they don't hand those out too easily. That's the average person. I think the average North American salary is like $36,000, something Maybe like that. Maybe in the 40s now. Maybe but, yeah. 40s, let's call it 40,000. So you're looking to make a check for $50,000. That's more than the average North American salary in one deal. It ain't gonna happen from you just sitting on the sidelines waiting for a miracle to fall in your lap, especially not in this climate. So how, figure out how to add value. That's my point to add on to what you're thinking that. Yeah, no, I mean, everything you're saying about adding value, the word I would add to that, is consistent value mm -hmm. right so consistent so some agents feel as if they send one newsletter with some cool information and that's it or that one time they did search off market for you and it seemed like it was something that was okay that that in itself that one action sure. was good enough it's a repetitive thing forever yeah like you got to keep it, going it just doesn't stop and you need to understand that 
it's not just providing value once, it's forever. Yeah. And that's what has to happen. So if you're not in the game for that, you're gonna have a very tough time. Um and and, and someone like Josh is going to just trample you. Um but because I come from abundance mindset, I do believe there's food for everyone. Just Absolutely. Eat less food um, than, than people in this room, right? So, <laughs> good, good. I, like, my biggest deal that I've done to date, specific for that, was an off-market deal. And I, and I knew the listing was coming. It was a few years ago. Listing was coming on the market. I knew it was coming on the market two days before, and I got my clients in there. And we bought it on the spot it was a it was a beautiful thing so couldn't agree I, I, more. I do agree with you like i have to think back to like any like a couple years ago i said i only want to do deals over a million dollars i started the first two million dollar transaction i did exact same thing i saw coming soon sign i called the agent we did the deal before it came if i look back at to 95 percent of my high volume ticket transactions three four five million dollar deals or two three four five million dollar deals 95 percent of them came from a place of adding value and opportunity that didn't exist even so much so as last week i did a deal like that for three and a half million bucks that happened from a, a property that somebody wanted didn't exist on the market and I had the wherewithal to put that deal together and not trying to toot my own horn from that, but that's the perspective that you need to come from. So if you're an agent sitting out there identifying, how am I going to make a deal like that? Where am I going to get to that level? It's adding value and like Brandon said, adding value consistently from wherever you're doing and however you're touching it. Your newsletter, your social media, your interactions with your clients adding value right like you know even so much so on responding to a viewing request you might get on a lead right now responding back saying hey you know saw you clicked on this building once or twice when are you available to go and see it if that's not getting your response there's a reason why you're not the only one sending that email right maybe you send a video saying hey Josh here, I noticed you looked at that building. Hey, did you know that? And you can actually use like a loom tool to look at, hey, the values in that building are down 12% stat that you'll find on condos.ca. Did you know that? And using this data, hey, this is probably why we should go and see this building because now's a really good buying opportunity. Right. And continuously add value to that point. Absolutely. Right? I'm with you. From everything. It's great. And the thing is, it's not just one solution to adding value. There's just so many ways of doing it, which makes it exciting, right? So, and, um, yeah, guys, I mean, the responsibility is on you. You definitely have to take responsibility for where you're reaching life. There's literally no excuse out there that someone else hasn't heard. Like, there are success, very successful people in this brokerage that you can find any excuse under the sun out of, the, let's say, the top 20 that they have got all these different types of adversities, but somehow they make it, right? Whether you don't have enough time or you have multiple kids or this or something, this parent died, this cousin died. It will always be something. You don't have any money, you're going through bankruptcy, blah, blah, you're like, whatever. There will always be always. an excuse. There will always be a reason why. And it's how you, you know, compartmentalize those situations to figure out how you're going to navigate forward. and push the needle forward yeah, every yeah, day. Yeah, definitely. All right, last question for you. What's your tale from the lockbox? You know, seven years in real estate, selling high transactions, big numbers, different deals, online leads, people from out of states. I know of some stories that you've had. You know, give us one juicy one that we can we can sink our teeth into. What's Brendan Cowens' tale from the lockbox that's happened out there? Yeah, um, I've had a few... My favorite one, though, was about six years ago. 
um, as when I was very active on the leads and stuff. Lead from the website, lady wants a place, a loft for her daughter. I don't know anything about this woman, you know, I do the thing and whatever qualification, ended up meeting with them and so on and so forth. There's a loft that came on the market that matched exactly what they wanted. Came and I saw them and I was with the daughter, I wasn't with the mother. And I go into this property, it's just down the road, it's on Richmond. And I go into the property and she absolutely loves it, the daughter, right? So the daughter absolutely loves the place. I'm thinking, yep, this is a multiple bidding situation. Now I'm going to go back to the office, talk about the status certificate, blah, blah, blah. So now we're in there, I mean, to the point where the designer that redid the kitchen in that loft, the mother was just talking about it the week before because the mother watched that design on TV wow. and somehow that designer remodeled that kitchen. So I'm thinking, I have to get this unit, no matter what. <laughs> so I'm dropping off the lockbox. <laughs> this is the one that has to happen. This and I'm like, this is it. I'm in my brain thinking, how much is this place worth? All that numbers, you know, let me take her back to the office. So I'm dropping off the lockbox. As I go around the back of the building to drop off the lockbox, all I hear is this sound, like huffing. And I'm putting the lockbox and I look in the corner of my eye and there is this monstrosity of a dog. I mean, it was like a wild animal running at top speed at me. Oh my gosh. Bro. <laughs> this is this is this is some scary. Yeah, this is the yeah, tale. Yeah. We're in right. the tale here. Like coming at major speed, and I see that. Okay, well, I mean, it's all is in like a split second. So I'm and I, I'm frozen now. Like with the lockbox in my hand, and this dog is about to maul me. I'm like, yep, I'm going to the hospital for sure. I'm, I, I just want to dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the woman is behind us screaming, whatever the dog's name is, is called Sam. Wait, and the Sam doesn't give a shit. Runs after me and comes right up to me and then stops and start licking my shoes. Wow. I'm petrified and my heart is in yeah, my mouth. Yeah, you're like, you're about to kick the dog and in the head. The woman, and then the woman rolls up on me and she's like, so sorry about that, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, he's this or that. And I'm like, inside, I'm trying to keep it together. Yeah, like <laughs> and uh, she says, she sees me in the lockbox. She says, did you, uh, wh where are you coming from? I'm like, Oh, I just saw this unit upstairs. And she says, oh, interesting. I'm on this floor. And I'm like, yeah, I just saw it. Oh, that's my neighbor. They're selling. And I was like, yeah, they're selling. They have an offer presentation. I'm going to take my client. She's like, you know, well, I moved in this market, uh, moved into this building like just a year ago. And I don't really like it. So I'm thinking of selling mine. Okay, cool. Drop yeah. off the bus, go back to my client. We're in the office now. And I'm looking for the comparables, right? Yeah. The comparables is it's this woman's unit. Right. She's the last sale that's exactly the same. So I'm running off my mouth now. So I'm doing the comparables to know, because obviously I'm going after this, right? Yeah. And doing the comparables. And I said, you know what? This woman, she nearly mauled me with her dog just yeah. a while ago with the lockbox, like literally half an hour ago. Funny story. She said she just moved in and she probably would have sold, but blah, blah, blah. She just bought. She probably won't sell. Just off the cuff, I said that. And we're looking at the comparable, my client is like, That one's better. <laughs> yeah, bro. She absolutely She wants that. that one. No, she wants that one. Yeah, she like, doesn't like, want to talk about it anymore. 
but she may not sell. It was just in passing. I'm now trying to retract all the stuff that just came out of my mouth. I'm like, I just literally thought myself out of this deal. This is crazy. This woman is like, Brendan, I, if this is available, I don't want this one. Yeah. But this is this remodel, and it's, I don't want this one. And my heart was like, holy shit. All right. Um, I'll go back into the property. Go book another showing for that unit. Did knock go to on the unit. door. Knock on her door. She wasn't there. Hear the dog barking. I write a note on my business card. Slide it under the door. She calls me six hours later. It's like, okay, let's have a chat. Fast forward. Somehow figure out an off-market deal. My client is still in there. She's loving it. It's the biggest unit in the building. This is Absolutely all before fantastic. that offer presentation even. Exactly. Yeah, so you still have the backup. Um... I was buying it at that. She actually made it sell. So while we're doing the negotiation, that fancy one did yeah. sell. And when I saw the price, it actually helped me in my favor because right. it was off market. And my client was just like, Brendan, you're the best. Now, fast forward from that, that family yeah. has given me at least 10 referrals. They give me at least two to three every single year. And the only one property was below a million. Rest of them are between one to two point seven million. Incredible. That one story. Adding value. And that is definitely my tale from the lot box. Amazing. F for sure. Amazing. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing. Thank you. I thank you for coming it. out. Guys, Brendan Cowens, uh, great meeting here today. Thank you for joining us. Always great to hear what you gotta say. Yes, sir. remember add value consistently out there, guys. Have a good one. Stay hungry. Get out there. Make some deals happen. We got time left in the year and let's do some good stuff. Have a good one. Respect.